Indeed, we are back at it for the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. As always, phone lines are already open. We're on it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. 1-888-225. number is toll-free. You have questions during uh, the next hour, just about till around 10 to 8. Bring them on about your employment, your severance, uh, your workplace, harassment, your boss. You are the boss. It doesn't matter. Bring them on. All questions will be answered by Lior. If you haven't checked it out yet, severance, pay, calculator.com that is a tool you want to use a must-have stop by check it out online on your tablet on your desktop on your ipad doesn't matter use it all it'll tell you exactly what your severance should be the real number if you see that number you still have questions call us and uh, we'll uh, we'll put to bed any rumors or any misconceptions you have about that we're going to get to a lot of stuff today lior as always we start with the uh, the week that was pal how are you well, John, I'm uh, doing uh, very well, thank you, despite this uh, horrible, terrible weather that we're having. Uh, you know, that doesn't stop uh, me from doing my job, which is to talk to people about their workplace rights and to talk to people uh, that have uh, problems and situations that they're facing at work, which are sometimes just not pleasant. You know, not everything is always going to be, uh, you know, ship shape at work. Sometimes things will happen that uh, are not right or that upset you or that confuse you. So this is really what we're here to talk about today and on every one of our shows. What are those situations? What do they mean? And can you do something if you're facing a problem in, in the workplace? What does the law says? Does the law give you rights or does the law give your employer rights? Well, we can talk about all those things and much more. So give us a call. We're here, we're here for the next 40 minutes or so to answer those questions. And, of course, uh, you may not want to call the show. You may want to just reach out to me uh, directly and talk uh, with me personally, confidentially. We'll give you my contact information throughout the show so we can have that chat. So don't hesitate. Always happy to talk. No such thing as bad questions. Uh, and then hopefully I can help you out. And week that was where I talk about a couple things that I've seen or they've, uh, they've come across my desk. Uh, first uh, matter I'll tell you about, I, I spoke actually earlier today with uh, a young lady who was let go uh, from her job. And she called me with a simple question. She said, well, they, they let me go. It's uh, restructuring, nothing that I did, she said. Uh, they all, the, there's three weeks vacation that I had. Actually, I was going to take this over the summer. I'm not going to take it, obviously, because I've been let go. Uh, I want to make sure that I get paid for that vacation. And, and what does that mean? Uh, can I get it or, or they're not going to pay it to me? So I explained to her very simply that, yes, if you have any outstanding vacation that you've earned, they have to pay it out. If the company lets you go, they have to pay it out. No problem. They have to do it. But here's the other thing. I started asking her some other questions, and I said to her, well, wait a second. Tell me a bit about uh, your circumstances. She had worked for the company for four years. She was in a sales role, and she was uh, 33 years old. And when she was let go, I asked her, what did they offer you? She said, no, they, they gave me the standard four weeks pay. Well, John, I assessed her as being owed six months pay. She had called me, not about severance. She would called me about vacation. I explained it to her. But in talking to her, I realized that she was actually owed another five months pay or so. She was dumbfounded. Luckily, this had just had happened on Friday, so she had not signed anything, and I'm going to help her get what she's owed. But this is very common. When I get calls from people about things that are different than severance, they may not realize that the real issue, the big issue, is a question of severance. So in this case, I'm going to help her get what she's owed, and when it comes to vacation, yes, you do get your outstanding vacation if you lose your job. You know, that number that Lior just mentioned, to get a hold of him or a member of the team outside the uh, the hours of the show during the week and the weekends as well, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. More week that was, but I want to bounce over, as always, right to our top priority. That would be our most excellent listeners. Joey, good evening. How are you, pal? Hi, good evening, guys. How are you? 
Good. What's uh, what's shaking with you? Oh, not too much. Uh, I just have a. This might sound like a silly question, but I've got to ask. Uh, my company is uh, thinking about going into a union. Um, I, for one, uh, don't really care for unions, and on top of that, I have no need to be in a union because I, you know, I'm they're, They want to start one because they're feeling that they're being mistreated. I, for one, haven't seen myself being mistreated in seven years. But my my concern is. Uh, if a union does go through and I decide not to join, do I still not have rights in that company? And it shouldn't be overpowered by anybody in the union. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. If the company becomes unionized, you don't have a choice. You become part of the union. You don't. No one gets, unfortunately, to decide, yes, I want or no, I don't. There's going to be a vote, ultimately, to decide whether the union comes in. And you can vote, obviously, what you want. But ultimately, if the union wins the vote, they come in. And if your position, the job that you have, is otherwise part of the, the bargaining unit, then you're automatically in and you don't have a say, you don't have a choice. You, your employer has to deduct union dues from you and you're in. So in that situation, it's not anything that you can do about it. Your only option is to vote the way you think is appropriate. If you think you can educate your colleagues about maybe why it's not a good idea, I mean, you can certainly do that. Uh, right. But beyond that, if the union comes in, you're automatically in, my friend. Because I told them that uh, the minute a unit comes in, uh, say for people who have been there for uh, 10, 20 years, if all of a sudden they're fired, they lose their severance, don't they? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. It's very simple. If you lose your job, you do not, do not, do not want to be part of a union. If you're part of a union and you lose your job, you're going to get pennies on the dollar. And I'm talking like one or two. Uh, so not a good situation. Uh, so again, it's more of a political discussion. But from my perspective, what I need you to know is if the union does come in, you're automatically in. Okay, thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate that. I would say that Joey has probably listened to the show before based on that last statement because they always say union <laughs> membership is always it's always front-end heavy. You get all the wicked benefits, all the great stuff, the good pay, the security. But if you're let go, uh-oh, uh-oh. You know, I mean, we can have political discussion whether unions are good or bad. I don't want to do that. But what I, what mm-hmm. I do say, which is a fact, no one can argue with, is if, if you're going to have two people, one of them that's unionized, one that's, one of that's not unionized, and they both lose their job, you definitely want to be the non-union person. That is just a fact. You can't argue with that. So, again, to each their own. Uh, but in this situation, I, what I can tell them is if, if the company is union, then he's union too. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Also, one 225 talk That number to call in, ask a question is absolutely toll-free. Till around 10 to 8 tonight. Uh, back to the week of the week that was. What else you got going on? Well, John, we talked we talked in the past, or we have talked in the past, about this issue of inducement. We talked about yep. situations where you're not looking for work, a company comes and recruits you, you accept the job and are let go, and, and the fact you get enhanced severance. Well, here's a situation where it's not exactly that, but also with an interesting twist. So in this particular person, another salesperson that called me, again, he wasn't looking to to leave, but the company, another company came and made him some big promises. And then the promises they made had to do with you know the accounts he'll be servicing. They're going to be great accounts. He's going to have a lot of potential to make uh, good money, great clients. Uh, so they really built up the company and, and his potential tremendously to get him to leave. Well, unfortunately, when he joined, he realized that the reality uh, was very different. It wasn't great customers. The accounts were not particularly good, uh, and the earning earning potential was a lot smaller. It was very, very different uh, than what he had uh, been Mm -hmm. promised. And he realized, holy cow, I made a huge mistake. I didn't want to leave. 
uh, my former job for it. Unfortunately, he was stuck in that situation, and he called me, and he wanted to know, what do I do? Well, there's such a thing as called wrongful hire. Uh, if a company uh, hires you under false pretenses, you may be able to leave and take legal action to recover compensation, recover severance, as if you had uh, uh, been let go by your free previous company. So this is what this person is going to be doing. We're going to get him some compensation, even though he just started there, based on the fact that the company made some false promises. So that's very important to understand. If a company hires you under false pretenses, false promises, and it turns out that they just made it up or it wasn't accurate or they were negligent, you actually may have legal recourse. That's smart not just to sit there and, and, and linger and take it, like give you a call right away. That's amazing. I never thought that would uh, – I never heard that term before. Yeah, and you cannot sit on it. You, you hit the nail on the head. If you sit on it, then it becomes a term of employment, and, and then at that point you're stuck. So if, if you are in that situation, you have to do something right away. I mentioned off the top of the show I want to get into this so people have a chance to use it during the rest of the show before they call in or they sit in uh, to listen to wherever they are. And that is a severance pay calculator available at severancepaycalculator.com. Give us some details on it. So, John, if you lose your job, the most important thing you can do is know how much you're owed. Uh, it's a very, very uh, important tool. It's a, the, the one tool you need if uh, you're looking for severance, if you are need to be educated about that. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com and you answer three simple questions, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and then you're done. You find out exactly how much you're owed. It's free, it's anonymous, there's no string, uh, strings attached whatsoever. Uh, and if once you do that, you, you have that information. Most people believe I get that week per year service or two weeks, that's wrong, mm -hmm. that's not the case. You need to find out the real information. That's what the severance calculator is for. So don't let anyone tell you otherwise. If you lose your job, call me or go to severancepaycalculator.com. I want to get into our uh, topic for the night just before we uh, take our first break here, and that is how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. This one uh, can get ugly. First, uh, when should an employer take measures to deal with a problem employee? Well, John, we want to talk about situations where, uh, you know, things don't go well. Your employer may uh, decide to, to penalize you or discipline you. And, and so what does that mean and how do you address that? Yeah. So the first situation is when should, in, 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 uh, in the real world, an employer deal with a problem employee? Well, I think that the, the answer is really in the question. If there's an employee who does something that's inconsistent with what the expectations are, if you have an employee that does something that is, it doesn't go in accordance with the, the company's policies. Well, the company should do something about it. The worst thing a company can do is let a problem linger. The worst thing a company can do is just let an, uh, an employee that's not doing a good job just not do a good job because the problem is not going to solve itself. So an employer that's facing a problem employee should then figure out a plan and have a plan of action as to how do we fix this problem. Either how do we get the employee back on side or how do we plan to potentially part ways with this employee so that this problem doesn't exist anymore? And, and that's really what we're going to be addressing in the next uh, few minutes here. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break and reconvene at the other side of that break. In the meantime, time to fill up those phone lines. you got time to call in. That's what it means. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, and one 225 talk That number for the evening is toll-free. Severancepaycalculator.com. Check that out as well. And email contact as well, help at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour right back at you right here on Global News Radio. It is 723 on your Monday evening. Lots of time for you to call in, get your questions answered, 416 
670-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk That number is toll-free right here till around 10 to 8. And we were talking about dealing with criticism and discipline, bad performance reviews, all that stuff. So what are the uh, corrective measures that are available to an employer when dealing with this sort of thing, pal? Well, obviously, the first question that an employer wants to ask itself is, you know, what is the goal? Are we trying to correct behavior? Or are we trying to potentially set the foundation for a termination? If the goal is to, tr- to try to correct behavior, then there's uh, measures available like performance improvement plans, performance reviews, uh, you know, mentoring, those types of things that are available to the employer to, to try to fix the, the problem by correcting the behavior and hopefully having an employee that's currently not pr- productive to make them productive. Well, that's number one. But in some situations, we may think, okay, with this employee may not work out, so we need to think about a foundation to let the person go. Well, then we need to look at discipline. An employer is allowed to discipline. That may mean warnings, verbal or written. I may even mean suspensions in some situations. Uh, usually, uh, that would be a suspension with pay. And obviously, the ultimate punishment is a termination. That's reserved for the absolute worst offenders. So bottom line is there are a number of options and remedies that are available to an employer that's facing a problem employee. Now that they have this grocery list of things they can do, what's the proper way for that employer to impose discipline or implement those corrective measures? How do they do it? Well, usually you want to start off by understanding that the measure must fit the situation. So, right. you know, if you have someone that, that made a minor infraction, suspending them for five days overkill is inappropriate, and in and of itself could be actually illegal if you, you overshoot it that way. So, so you obviously want to always make sure that there's a written record of whatever that is that you impose, whether it's a performance improvement plan. There's no such thing as a verbal performance improvement plan, even a warning. Technically, you can give a verbal warning, but to my mind, it's kind of useless. If you can't show or prove that the warning happened, then what good is it? So, so you want to certainly pr- uh, provide that warning in writing. And the other thing you want to do as an employer is you wanna, if you're going to discipline, you want that discipline to escalate in severity. So you start off with something, you know, with discipline that's not that serious, and then you go from there and you potentially uh, you, you do something more serious and more serious. You start with a warning, maybe and then a second warning, then maybe into a suspension. So again, you, you escalate that, uh, and then that's how you build the case if you need to potentially let someone go. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number to call in. Ask your questions. Lior here to answer them till uh, the end of the show, around 10 to 8, one 225 talk That is another option as well. Tim, how are you? Good evening. Hi there. How are you? Good, Tim. What's going on with you? Uh, just having fun. <laughs> um, back in 88, February of 88, I was hired with a company. And uh, up till four years ago, I injured my arm. Now, uh, of course, it went through legislation to see if it was an actual injury claim, which it was. And uh, so WSI picked me up. Um, I went through all the medical, uh, retraining for college for a few years. Now I've come to the end of my contract with WSIB. I'm making basically a pittance now. I can't find work in my area. I can't get unemployment. Um, my community can't help me. Um, Am I entitled to any severance? That's a great question, Tim. Now, did the company ever actually terminate your employment? The only thing I have through the company is my record of employment states lack of work. And so when was this off. given to you? Uh, just shortly after. They had cut my benefits off, and I had kind of looked at labor law, and he said that I was entitled to a little bit more than what they're saying. Um, and then I received another record of appointment at that time. 
Sorry, I'm not sure I understand. L- labor law and you're entitled to more. I don't know what what, what you mean there. Well, they had my benefits. Uh, they shut my benefits off. Yep. And uh, so I, I said, look, under the labor law, it says you have to carry my benefits for, I think it was six months. So they reinstated my, my benefits. Okay. For a little bit longer. Um, at that time, which I, I received another uh, record of employment, and it says that I was laid off due to lack of work. And that Nothing was about four years ago? At all. Pardon me? That was about four years ago? Yes. Okay, so what they did then, uh, four years ago, is essentially they, they terminated your employment. They were actually not allowed to do that. That was illegal to terminate you in that situation. Uh, and uh, even if it was legal, again, it wasn't, they would have owed you severance. And, you know, after you've worked there for all these years, whatever it was, 30 years or however long, uh, you, you would have been owed potentially as much as two years' pay. But here's the horrible news I'm going to have to give you. Because this happened four years ago, you're out of time to do anything about it. There's a two-year limitation period. So even though, yes, you would have gotten compensation as much as two years' pay, you know, we're stuck now because the time has gone uh, gone on so long since then. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is a terrible, terrible situation. But given the fact that you've been terminated now and it's too late to pursue it, there's really nothing you could do. The only thing you can apply for is disability benefits through CPP and see if you can qualify. Uh, but beyond that, uh, Tim, there, there's nothing that the company uh, could could give you or, or nothing that we can get the company to give you. Just been too long in that case. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk is the number. Uh, next up, John, good evening. How are you? Uh, not bad yourself. Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Okay, basically I'm a truck driver, and uh, we have a two-hour detention time whenever we go to a company. That means we don't get paid for two hours. Now, is that legal? Because basically we're putting in 50 to 70 hours, and you take away 20 hours of that per week. It's given to we don't make a dime on it. We don't own our, we don't own our truck. We're a company driver. So, uh, yeah, you're a company driver, and they withhold taxes off your pay, et cetera. Yeah. So... Here's the thing. Ultimately, uh, is it legal? As long as you you make more than you know, kind of minimum wage at the end of it, technically speaking, it is. It would not have been legal if they just started doing it. If they've been doing it all the time, but you're still making a, a reasonable income, you know, at the end of the day, that there's really not much that can be done about it. Uh, it's you know, it's a situation where a company can't say one day, okay, we're going to stop paying you for those two hours starting tomorrow. At that point, it's illegal. But that's if that's the deal, and that's the way they've always done it. Then, unfortunately, because you're making more than minimum wage, you, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be stuck, and there's really not much that can be done there, John. Right. But if you figure out uh, take take that uh, 10, uh, 10, 10 to twenty hours away, yeah, we're making a lot less than minimum wage. Well, if you're making less, that's a different situation altogether. Uh, so in that case, we need to talk and kind of crunch down some numbers, and, and then we may be able to show the company, no, no, that's illegal. You, 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 you're doing something that you're not allowed to do. You know, Whether you're federally regulated or provincially, it wouldn't change this analysis. So yeah, in that case, if you are making less, I definitely need to talk to you because not only could you be owed money for the, uh, for the past hours that you've lost, you, you may be able to prevent them from doing it again in the future. So there's a lot to talk about, John. So let's connect if, if you can show me the, the calculation being that you're making less than minimum wage. Okay. Well, basically, if you take if you take the hours of 70 hours times that by whatever, uh, by weeks, per se, uh, 70 hours a week, 
right. uh, making less than $1,000, roughly. So let, let's connect as soon as possible, John. Uh, uh, my John here will give you the contact information, and, and let's go from there. John, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll get on to uh, Patricia. Patricia, good evening. Good evening. How are you tonight? We're great. How are you? What's going on? Last week, my employer approached me about changing our relationship from employer-employee to employer-contractor. And I was wondering what the pitfalls are with that. Great question. So, Patricia, that's an excellent question. Now, as far as you understand, is the job itself going to change what you actually do? No, it's not. Okay. So you're asking what the pitfall is. Well, the biggest pitfall is that it's completely illegal. Uh, What I mean by that is you're still, in the eyes of the law, going to be an employee. The fact that you try to give yourself a different title or the company gives you a different title doesn't change the reality of what it is. So uh, so you're still an employee, which means if you start now uh, being taxed as an independent contractor, uh, then guess what? You're doing something illegal. You're filing your taxes illegal. You're not uh, paying the taxes that you need to. You're not paying into EI and CPP. All of that is illegal. And if you get caught at some point, there's going to be a big problem and big consequences. The other problem with that is that uh, you may say, okay, you think you're an independent contractor. The company decides a year later, whatever it is, to let you go. They may say then, oh, we're not going to give you severance because you're an independent contractor. The reality is, Patricia, because this is an illegal scheme, there's nothing in it for you. I would absolutely advise against it. Uh, You're not really an independent contractor if the job stays the same. It's one thing if you decided to go into business on your own and look for customers. Well, then maybe you're an independent contractor. But I wouldn't do it. There's really no upside to doing something illegal. Uh, And you say absolutely not. And if they decide to force the issue, well, then that could be a constructive dismissal. They can't do that. Uh, so I, I think it's a very bad idea, Patricia, to, to call yourself something that you're not. Okay, thanks very much. You're no g- giving a great public service. Uh, we appreciate it, Patricia. We do it every week and have been doing so for five years. On TV, by the way, uh, as well, Employment Hour and 30 on CTV and Global as well. So catch those shows on the weekend mornings. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk You still have time to talk and call and ask your questions as well. We'll get back to our, our topic, uh, Lior. We're talking about how to deal with criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews. If the employee agrees... Um, that there is legitimate reason for the corrective measure by their employer. Now, what should the employee do? I'll flip it over to the other side of the table to the employee. What's their duty or what should they do? So, listen, no, no one likes, you know, if their employer is not happy with them. No one likes it if the company is disciplining them or putting them on a performance improvement plan. No employee is going to say, yes, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. But in some situation, an employee may look at him or herself and say, you know what, it's legitimate. There's a reason for it, and I can see the company side of it. So if you agree that the, the uh, whether the performance measures or the disciplinary measures are legitimate, well, then that's fine. You don't need to do anything other than you know, uh, try to work uh, and do your best. And if there's a performance improvement plan, try to follow it as closely as possible. What you don't want to happen is you don't want the company later to say, well, you know, we, we agreed on a per, our performance improvement measures and you didn't do that. You know, you were supposed to check in with your boss once a week. You weren't doing that. You were supposed to take these courses. You didn't do that. So you do your part of it. So down the road, the company can't then hold that against you and say, you know, there was a problem. We tried to fix it and you didn't do your part. So very simple. If you agree 
that your uh, your performance was lacking or you did something wrong the company uh, either disciplines you or, or puts measures in place to make things better do your part to make sure that the problem gets fixed exactly just that now my next question is the obvious one what if the employee does not agree that the discipline's fair what should they do then and, you know, that's probably what happens in most cases. Oh. Uh, oftentimes, an employee may feel, and then usually rightfully, that the company disciplined them or put them in a performance improvement plan when it wasn't justified. Yeah. Wait a second. I didn't do that. Or, or it's not, you know, you're pointing a finger at me. It wasn't just me. You know, it was a team thing. And why am I being singled out? Well, here's the, the important thing. If the company's going to punish you or, or try to uh, put you on a performance improvement plan and you don't agree with it, well, you have to say so. You have to say so, and you have to say so in writing and make it clear that you don't agree with it, that you're not accepting it. Because if you don't do that, silence is exactly the same as acceptance. Silence is the same as saying, I agree. So don't ever agree with something that you don't agree with, because later on it's going to be difficult to kind of take it back. So if you're, you don't think you've, you've been disciplined fairly, say so. Say, you know, you told me that I've done these things. Uh, no, here's what actually happened. Or you told me that my performance on this project wasn't good. Here's what actually happened. Put that in writing. Give your side of the story. And I'm not saying you do that in a confrontational way. I don't think it's a good idea to accuse your employer of being a racist or biased. Just put your side of the story on there. Make it, make it known why you don't agree with it. And that makes it harder down the road for the company to say, well, you can't say that that wasn't legitimate. You accepted it. Uh, if you don't agree with something, you have to say so. If this is you, you have other uh, concerns about your job, your employment, your severance, possibly your boss, if you're an independent contractor, you've just lost your job, call us, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one triple eight two two five talk toll free Talking about dealing with criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews is very common in the workplace. So if a person uh, you know doesn't do anything, even though they disagree that they did anything wrong, then what can happen? Well, that's exactly where the problems arise. Yeah. Uh, you know, oftentimes when a company tries to or starts disciplining someone they're building a case for cause i was saying that earlier so they're going to start with discipline and maybe do a second or third round of discipline and eventually let the person go and the problem for the employees if the, the employee just kind of takes it and doesn't respond doesn't do anything about it they're considered to have agreed and then later on when they're terminated for cause it's going to be very difficult to say well wait a second company all these things you disciplined me for were not legitimate if it's not legitimate, you have to say so from the beginning. Don't make it easier for the company to let you go for cause. Uh, it's very difficult anyway to terminate for cause, but you should make it even harder by putting your position in writing, make it known, make it clear, uh, and then that will ensure that if you are let go, you're going to be in the best position possible to get your full severance. And again, that's going to be a huge difference. You know, letting go for being let go for cause means no severance. Uh, being let go without cause mean get, means you get full severance, which could be as much as two years' pay. So there's a lot at stake here when you be, when you start getting disciplined. Uh, usually it's not a one-off. So make it clear, make it known what your position is, uh, and don't just accept something that you don't agree with. Anytime you want to find out what your severance should be, by the way, we'll talk about it throughout the show as we always do, severancepaycalculator.com. Email is help at employmenthour.com and one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and the firm. And his folks over there, anytime when the show is not on, discipline, bad performance reviews on both sides. This can be really stressful, especially for the employee. Um, should someone take medical leave and they start feeling stressed out or if it gets too much? Can they? Yeah, it's a very common situation. Uh, you know, again, I said the, from the beginning, no one obviously is going to feel good if they're being disciplined. No yeah. one's going to feel good if someone tells them you're not doing a good job. 
So, and for a lot of people, this could be extremely stressful, and especially if they think it's unfair. And, you know, oftentimes it's going to impact their ability to work. Now, in terms of taking a stress leave, ultimately that's up to you and your doctor. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but if your doctor says there's medical reasons for you to take time off work, then you are allowed to and you should do that and follow your doctor's advice. Make sure that the company is provided with a note saying that you can't work for medical reasons. You don't have to tell them why. Uh, and and provide them with that. Uh, and you can be off as long as you need to be. What I don't like is I don't like people taking medical leaves off as str- for strategic reasons. Well, uh, you know, they, they discipline me, so I'm going to take time off work, and somehow things are going to be better when I come back. It, unfortunately, if you take a medical leave to try to avoid, let's say, being terminated, that's not going to change it. You're, you're not going to avoid being terminated or being disciplined because you're on a medical leave. Maybe you delay it until you come back, but it's not going to be avoided. Uh, so there's really no point in doing that. Uh, if you're going to have to face discipline, may as well face it. But obviously, if there's legitimate medical reasons, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're suffering from depression or anxiety and you need time off, absolutely talk to your doctor. If the doctor agrees, take the time off. To do it strategically, there's really no point. You mentioned that, you know, the employer possibly building up a case with uh, with this type of uh, maneuver. So if someone was given a warning, the employer is still not happy with them. Does that mean they can be like over cause at that point? And th- this is really important to understand. A lot of people believe, uh, employers and employees, that because an employee did something wrong, they can be let go for cause. And it's it couldn't be further from the truth. Remember, cause is the ultimate penalty reserved for the worst, worst offenders. So people may have done something wrong, even a few things wrong, that it does not mean they can be let go for cause. And just because you've been disciplined for something in the past does not mean that the next time you do something, you can be let go for cause. Uh, it, it's not enough because, again, it's that difficult to terminate. An employer is expected to be able to engage in several disciplinary measures until they're in a position to terminate for cause. Now, how many? It does depend on the case. It depends how long the person's worked. What kind of uh, you know misconduct has been committed? At a minimum, I would think right around three disciplinary measures before the company is in a position to terminate for cause. So I want to make it very clear: you did something wrong, you got disciplined. It does not mean that the next time you do something wrong, you're out of there for cause. No, the company can let you go, but they'd have to f- pay full severance unless what you did makes it impossible to continue employing you. So misconduct does not equal termination for cause. I mean, how many times in this show have you said they, you know, quote unquote, pull the trigger way too soon on cause and firing people and it ends up coming back to bite them from from a financial standpoint with severance, right? It happens all the time. If an employer wants to terminate for cause, they have to lay the foundation. They have to uh, put in the work, build up a case. And most employers just don't have that patience and they pull the trigger before they should. And that makes it a wrongful dismissal. Want to get back to our uh, phones here, get to uh, to Ed. Good evening, Ed. How are you? I'm better than I deserve, I reckon. <laughs> there you go. What's what's going on with you? Uh, well, I work at a call center. I've been there almost eighteen, you know, almost nineteen years in November. Um, we used to be customer care. They call in, complain about their bills. We fix it or change plans. Um, now we've gone into sales in the past year and a half, and they keep telling me uh, you're not meeting targets. You're not meeting targets. Um, they keep telling me that you know, if I don't meet targets, I'm going to get um, basically um, let go. Um, one of the things they tell me is you know, one of the things we got to do is within so many minutes, talk to them about their needs for that other product um, and try to come back. Now, I try to do that as much as I can, but it seems that of my you know, 40, 50 calls a day, 
they always seem to pull up, you know, one or two that uh, don't get to that part. Or, you know, they've called in really angry because, you know, they're billing up by $10 or something. So I try to call them down first, and I'm, sometimes I do miss that opportunity at the beginning for the sales. So they've sent things to me that says, you know, you, you need to do this, this, and this within the call. But, right. you know, I, I do my best, but, you know, honestly, it uh, I'm, I miss it now and then. And so there, I hear you. And then obviously it's a difficult situation. You're trying to provide good customer service and on the other hand try to meet your company's expectations. Yeah. But, you know, if you're worried about a termination for cause, I'll say this. After all these years, I guess you said 19 years, to terminate you for performance reasons for cause would be extremely difficult. They were almost impossible. They would essentially have to show that you're going out of your way to do a bad job, which of course they can't. You're doing your best, and then you, you know you're working through a, a different sales role than what you've been used to for most of your 19 years. So it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult to terminate you for cause. Now, can they let you go with severance? Yeah, yeah they can. Uh, they, they can do that today if they wanted to, uh, but they'd have to pay you severance. And after 19 years, you could be easily looking at 18 months pay potentially, Maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, depending on your age, but in somewhere in that range, uh, and and they could do that. So I think what you need to do is this: if to the extent that they're giving you a hard time, I think you should explain it to them, and in writing, just exactly like you've explained it to me. You know, I'm doing my best, and in some situations, this happens, and I try to make the sale as quickly as I can, but. You know, put that position in writing. Make sure that they understand that this is not you just ignoring what they they're telling you. This is not just you saying, "Well, I know better." This is you doing your best and and trying to deal with this and working on on improving. Put that in writing. It's it's okay to do that. No, you can't be punished for that. Uh, and that that's going to make it even harder for them to terminate your employment for cause. And if they do pull the trigger, uh, and if they do decide to to let you go because they think your performance is bad. Give me a call right away. There's going to be a lot at stake after those 19 years that you've put in. Perfect. And can they do the same thing for attendance? Because they're on me about attendance. I'm a single dad with two kids, and when mm. they're sick, you know, the, the oldest one, the boy, and he's 16, fine. He can stay home most of the time by himself. But my daughter, 10, you know, they're like, you've missed 14 days so far in the past, you know, 12 months. Um, you have that many points, and um, we could let yeah. you go for attendance type thing. They've given me a letter that says, you know, if you miss more time, you know, you could. And I've written back in that that, you know, when I miss time, it's because I am sick or because my daughter's sick and I can't miss the time. Or my son who has Asperger's in a heart condition, I take him to his appointments at Sick Kids up in Toronto there. So and, Ed, let me answer it quickly because uh, we're running out of time. But at some point, attendances uh, or lack of attendance get get too bad and and get to get to a point where it's difficult to for the company to manage so the best advice i can give you if you're going to start missing a lot of time you know more than you know 10 or 12 days or so then you need to figure out ways to make arrangements for childcare when that happens with a friend with a neighbor with a, uh daycare something that can help you in those situations because the company does have a reasonable expectation that you'll be there most of the time Susie, i'm going to get to uh get to you Susie. you've got about a minute left here so uh, what is going on with you Oh, so my question is, um, I'm in senior management, and um, if I, and my doctor has mentioned that I should really consider taking time off for anxiety, and I'm sort of reluctant to do that because I don't know what my rights are in terms of what I need to disclose to the company, um, because I don't want it to, you know, I don't want it to get out and be viewed a certain way. 
so I've sort of been holding off, holding off on it. My question is, what do I legally need to provide the company if I'm on medical leave? Excellent question, Susie. So let me uh, hopefully alleviate some of the concerns. You absolutely do not have to tell them why you're going on medical leave. Whether it's because of anxiety or because you have a bad back, it doesn't matter. So the only thing you need to tell them, and again, this will come from your doctor, is that you can't work for medical reasons. That's it. As simple as that. They can't demand to know the reason. They can't demand to know the diagnosis or the treatment that you're getting. None of that. Uh, so just tell me you can't work for medical reasons. Give them updates in terms of when you can come back to work. And, of course, if they do anything to you, if they penalize you, threaten you, let you go, call me right away. That will be completely illegal and a human rights violation likely as well. That is an amazing way to end it, my friend. We'll take it from there. And for uh, Susie and everyone else before them, one 821 5900 is Lior's number. It is help at employmenthour.com. You will catch our next show Wednesday night here on Global News Radio. Plus, you'll have the TV shows, Employment Hour and 30 on Global and CTV, and the weekend radio shows as well. There's all kinds of Employment Hour happening all the time. Severance Pay Calculator as well. We'll take it from another night back here Wednesday. Coming up, more On Point with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio.